immigrants from Africa and some who come as students, and they directly minister to them. They take them in. They, they give them the gospel, and they help them with different things. And it's going to be really neat to kind of just hear some insight on how this is happening. And we're really blessed to have them here this morning because I don't know about you, but I've never spent almost 30 years in Africa learning another culture. They know the language. And so that's a unique ministry that God has given them. That it, That's what I mean when I say we can support other things because I could never do that. And that's part of the body. Isn't it amazing that we all have unique purposes? And I could never minister to an African person, not, not in the way that they could. And that's so amazing that we can support them and have them here this morning to hear about what's going on in their lives. So can we welcome Dale and his wife? I get the mic first. And actually, he did really good. So, no, we just want to say how delighted we are to be here today. Uh, we have been associated with faith for, since 1977. So, I, I'm not sure we might have been your first missionaries when uh, it was that part of the church, Faith Baptist then. So, we, um, we got married in 76, and the Lord called us to go back to Kenya. Uh, Dale was born and raised in Tanzania. But we went to Kenya in the northern part into the bush area, and we were there till uh, 2002. And uh, we just had the privilege of working day by day with uh, the Africans. They're nomadic in the north, so it was a very different lifestyle. Uh, we raised our children there. We have two boys, Ryan and Aaron. Uh, they're both grown now, and we have 12 grandkids. So, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, yay, yay grandparents. The, unfortunately, only one of the grandkids lives next to us, so anyhow. But um, we just wanted to say thank you for the support that you have for us. We, uh, we have been blessed by your ministry in our lives, and we continue to be so. You don't know it, but you minister in Wichita, Kansas right now. And uh, we came home in 2002. Uh, to do two things. Number one, we felt the Lord calling us to come back home. We didn't really know why. We came home because our youngest son was a little bit high maintenance, and so uh, we just felt like he needed us around, and my folks were getting to a point where we needed to take care of them. But we got to America, and we realized that God did not take Africa out of our hearts. So we um, kind of looked around. We en- enrolled our youngest son in- into junior college, and uh, when Dale was on the campus, he saw three Kenyans walk by. So he said, whoa, what's going on here? So he went to the office and said, how many Africans do you have uh, in, in, enrolled? And he was like 134 in that junior college. So Dale's, Dale came home fired up, <laughs> to say the least. And he says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a goat roast, and we're just going to invite them all. And I'm like, we're going to do what? (laughs) So he says, yeah, you can cook. You know, you'll cook all the food. And (laughs) I did. Um, We we did 24 goat roasts before I said I quit cooking. It's going to be potluck from now on. But um, that was something that spoke to them, especially the students. They were very homesick. Dale went and advertised on campus, both uh, the Butler County Community College as well as Wichita State, that we were having a free 
uh, goat roast event just for them. And uh, the first one, we only had 12. I cooked for 100. But that was good because they took all that food back to the dorms and shared it with all the rest that didn't come. So by the second one, when we, we've been having about 100 each goat roast. And we, we say that Dale butchers the goats for these events, and we quit counting at 200 when the 200th goat laid, laid down his life for the sake of the gospel. So it's been really a unique thing from, from working with uh, college students. We have definitely gone into working with families who are immigrating. Uh, for three years, Dale pastored a small Kenyan church until they got a Kenyan pastor. And uh, now we have a, like a Sunday school class in a large church in Wichita just for uh, those from Africa. It's called Out of Africa Fellowship. We do it third service, and we have, oh, 30, 35 that come regularly. They come from different churches. They're all around. And, and we're just trying to say you are special to Jesus. And if, some aren't Christians, but they come because we understand Africa and we talk Africa and we, we fellowship like in Africa. And they, they hunger for that. And so we just pray daily for their salvation and for those who are Christians to, to be bold in their faith and reach out to the others around them. So we just feel like we're kind of a... Deals become the pastor at large in, in Wichita for, for Africans. Um, this month he's helped with three different funerals. And, uh, you know, the Lord just uses him in ways that we, we've had to learn to think outside the box. We'll put it that way. And, and it's been awesome, and we, we feel very privileged so we want to thank you for your part in our ministry. Um, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we're excited about what we're doing, and, and we're excited to be able to share that with you today. Um, one of the things, we do put out a, a monthly prayer update, and if you would like to get on that mailing list, just pick up one of our prayer cards. And if you will email me and say, please put me on your list, then I'll have your email address, and I would be glad to do that. They're out on the back table. So I just want to thank you very much, and we'll let Dale have the rest of the time. Well, thank you so much for welcoming us. Uh, we're, we arrived uh, in uh, California uh, on Friday, uh, around morning, uh, in John Wayne Airport, and uh, we've been uh, visiting uh, different folks. One of the families that we uh, visited on Friday uh, were over in Wichita, and uh, we were able to minister to them, and they've moved here to Orange. And uh, so we spent the, the uh, morning and some of the afternoon in their house, uh, and they're from Kenya. Uh, it was good to connect with them, but we are, we are so happy to be here with you all. Uh, and, uh, you know, when we were singing How Great Thou Art, uh, that is one of my favorite songs. Uh, uh, as a kid, I grew up out in Africa, and uh, we sing that in Swahili, and then in Kisukuma. And then uh, recently, when, or let's say two years ago, when I was in Congo, um, 
I was in a church there, and I asked the church, there was like 400, 500 people there, and I said, can we sing this, How Great Thou Art, in your language of Chaluba? And I tell you, when they started singing that, they all knew it. They sang it, and uh, the roof was almost to take off, and it was so, so beautiful. And uh, anyway, it's, uh, we love your singing, uh, and uh, we just uh, thank you as, as a church uh, for your support and your for in- encouragement. Um, let me get today. Uh, I wanted to uh, uh, bring uh, you a message concerning uh, shortcuts uh, or cutting corners. Uh, anyway, uh, there in Kansas, we have a ranch uh, where Suzanne's folks uh, had. And uh, we live on that ranch, and it is right next to the, one of the largest grasslands in the U.S. It's the Flint Hills. And I don't know if any of you have passed by the Flint Hills, uh, but it's rolling hills that are, have grass, prairie grass. A friend of mine came uh, from over in, uh, down in Arkansas, and he came and he said, I want to go over to the Flint Hills and I want to go to this prairie grass uh, state park. And I want to look over there and can you come with me? And I said, man, that would be great. So he and I went, we went on uh, this, to this state park there in the Flint Hills. And uh, we got out and uh, paid uh, the park fee to, to go through there. And uh, we, dis- we got on the path. It was a walking path. And uh, we started walking. And uh, when we started off, you know, it started to get, it was a little boring and we noticed when the uh, others that were on the path, they were off in a distance, and we noticed that the path was curving around and uh, doing a lot of curves and so on. And we said to ourselves, uh, man, uh, let's speed up this whole process. And uh, let's, there's a place here we can cut a corner. And so we, uh, both of us, we left the pass and we went down through this gully and through the bushes and everything and we caught up on the, the, the same path but over there. And we thought, man, we're doing good. We're speeding this whole thing up. We started reading the signs along the way and we uh, noticed that these signs don't make any sense. And uh, after a while, we thought, you know what? We've missed a whole section by doing this shortcut Uh, And now, nothing makes sense. We better go back, back and get on the path. So we went through the bush again, and we got back to the path. And and now things made sense. As we moved along, here was a sign uh, uh, along, and it explained some, there was some explanation. And then the the next sign that we encountered, it built off the first sign. And we thought, man, we've got to stay on this thing. Uh, We may be tempted to take this shortcut, but we're going to stay here, uh, and so this all makes sense. We had a good, good tour of the place, but we started off wrong by taking the shortcut. Often uh, in life, we are tempted to take a shortcut. Uh, and I know each of you, uh, it's come to each of us uh, to try and uh, go about something a different way. Samuel, in the Old Testament, Samuel, the prophet of God, he was anointed, uh, uh, sorry, 
Samuel, the prophet of God, he, he anointed David and had promised that uh, David would be the next king. That's what David was told. Uh, and Samuel anointed him. And uh, so uh, David uh, knew. Yet while David waited for that time to where he would become king, uh, King Saul uh, tried to kill him quite a few times. David watched and waited while King Saul was ru- starting to ruin his kingdom. I want to go to First uh, Samuel chapter 24. In First Samuel chapter 24, verses 1 through 7. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of en Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all of Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way, and a cave was there. And Saul went in there to relieve himself. David and his men were far back into the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you uh, for you uh, to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up. That's David's in the back of the cave with his men. David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's garment. Afterward, David was conscious stricken for having cut off a corner of the king's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's Lord's anointed one, or lift a hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David rebuked his men and did not follow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Here was David's first chance to maybe cut a corner, take a shortcut. He had a chance to kill Saul and take the throne. But he knew that this was not right. His conscience was speaking to him. Spirit of God was speaking to him that he couldn't. He couldn't do this. He couldn't take this. He knew this was not right. It happened a second time. We go to 1 Samuel chapter 26, verses 7 through 12. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck into the ground near his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying all around him. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your, into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of my spear. I won't strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, The Lord himself will strike him. Either his time will come, or he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water water jug that are near his head, and let's go. David could have taken this shortcut and been king. 
but he was a man of integrity and he didn't compromise. He knew that it was God's plan for him to be king, but it was not the right time or the right way. David didn't have a manual or didn't have rules, but he knew in his heart from the Spirit of the Lord speaking to him that this was not the right time. The not the right time, not the right way. I believe that God uh, wanted to teach and to bless David during this time of waiting. God honored David uh, for this and brought him many blessings. There were lessons along the way that David was to learn. He could have taken the shortcut that would have shortened things up a bit, but he took, he, he obeyed God and he was blessed. God had lessons that uh, he wanted to teach David. And shortcuts in our life, shortcuts that we, may, uh, we make, uh, sometimes that we can miss out on lessons and blessings. I was thinking of getting ready to go to Africa as a missionary back in 19, well, 1970s. Uh, Suzanne, uh, let's say I went to Bible college and then towards the end of Bible college, I met Suzanne. Uh, but in Bible college, as I was getting ready to go as a missionary out to Africa, that's what I felt the Lord leading me to do. Uh, and so I knew that I needed uh, Bible college education. I needed to become, uh, I had to take pastor's courses. Uh, I needed some skills. And so I got into uh, Arizona College of the Bible over in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I uh, started uh, my education. Uh, while I was going to school there, uh, I would study in the morning, go to classes in the morning, and then in the afternoon, uh, the Lord provided a job, a construction job. Uh, often at the end of the day, by the time I got back to our, our dorm, I was exhausted. Actually, we didn't have a dorm, but we had a little, where the guys stayed in a, a little trailer. Uh, by the time I got back to the trailer, I was, I was finished. And uh, I noticed some other guys that were going to school that they had people that uh, were sponsoring or helping them going through. But uh, I was wondering, man, how come that doesn't happen to me? You know, I got to go out there and I got to work and put in all these, you know, and by the time I get to study for, I'm just finished. And uh, uh, as I look back, uh, I really appreciated what the Lord did for me there. There were skills that I got in the construction work that I used later in, in, in our ministry. Uh, things that uh, happened along the way as I ministered at a, in different churches there uh, in Phoenix, going to Bible college. Things I learned along the way. There were times that I were tempted to say, oh man, just, just, let's just... You know, let me just get out to Africa. That's where I want, I want to be. I want to go out and minister out there. But no, the Lord had some things that he wanted uh, to uh, teach and uh, for lessons for me to learn. There were times I wanted to quit and just go out. But there were lessons that I needed to learn along the way. When God puts in your heart his will for your life, you will know it. He will give you clear directions he will give you wise counsel. Sometimes in preparing uh, for his will for your life, it requires hard work. 
uh, requires sacrifice. It requires some time as he prepares and gets you ready. Uh, the Lord used that time of uh, uh, being in Phoenix, uh, preparing us uh, along the way uh, to, for our ministry in Africa. Shortcuts can get us into trouble. Uh, and sometimes the saying you've heard, in justifies the means. Uh, shortcuts that we take uh, or think that we need to take uh, can get us into a lot of trouble. We take these shortcuts knowing full well that God will not approve. But we want to sort of help God out. If we could just do this a little bit, we can help him out. And we can move things on a little bit better. I know in our homes, we're always looking for ways that we can make it, uh, make things go a little quicker. Uh, cut corners here and there and uh, have a shortcut here and there. Uh, and we're all tempted to do that. Uh, I was thinking in, in, uh, in Africa or in other countries of the world, bribery is a big way we can take a shortcut. Uh, a lot of the world relies on bribery. Uh, work, uh, went to visit uh, Congo and uh, that country, uh, there's a lot of bribery that takes place. Uh, a lot of, uh, it's the way they figure, they take, take shortcuts. A way to get things done quickly. Bribery, bribery really uh, compromises our integrity. And it brings more and more trouble along the way. Lying, deceiving, cheating are ways we can do shortcuts to further ourselves along. Um, I tell a story on myself, and it's not a nice story. Uh, but uh, when I was working, we were in uh, Kenya. We went down to Nairobi. We usually, uh, uh, Nairobi is the big city there in, Nairobi, uh, in Kenya. And uh, we live way up north at a place called Kurungu. And uh, we ministered to Sambudu up there. But coming uh, down to Nairobi, uh, we have to get supplies in Nairobi to, to go up north. And then also we have our, when we had our children, we had them at a boarding school there just outside of Nairobi. And so uh, one time we were down there and uh, down in Nairobi, very big city, lots of traffic. Uh, we uh, had this uh, little car that we normally use to get around. Uh, we have a Land Rover and a, a truck that was up there, but sometimes that's just too big in traffic to move around. So we used this little car, and I noticed when I went out that one day, I uh, looked at the car window, and the license, the, license, the license sticker that was on it had expired. And I thought, oh man, I need to get this stuff done. I've got some errands I need to do, and I, uh, how am I, I can't take this car down, so... I looked at the car that was next to me uh, that was uh, there and I noticed that nobody's going to be renting that car because we were at a little guest house or a little, yeah, a little guest house and I noticed that nobody was going to be renting that car. So I figured, well, I'll just do this to sort of speed things up. So I went to the window and I took off a little sticker of that other car and I put it on my car and I thought surely no policeman's ever going to see this you know no one will see this I can run downtown I can get this thing done no problem if uh, if I had to do it with my car I'd have to go down to the main vehicle place it would take me all morning and some of the afternoon to get this little sticker 
I thought I was going to do a shortcut. Well, got that thing on. I took off driving. I didn't tell Suzanne at all. I didn't want her to know because I thought, well, she might say, well, you're going to get into trouble. <laughs> I didn't want to hear that. So I went down and got, took care of my business, came back up, and sure enough, on the road, there was a roadblock. And the police were there, and uh, he told me to pull over, and he says, I want to check your car over here. And I walked around, looked at everything, and then he looked at that sticker. And he said, hmm, that sticker is not for this car. I said, really? <laughs> he said, yes. And uh, he said, by the way, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor with Africa Inland Church. <laughs> and he said, pastor, shame on you. You took a sticker from another car and you put it on this one. Let's go to the police station. I thought, oh, man. Now I'm going to have to call her because I'm at the police station. Got all the way to the police station. He just kept going on and he says, I can't believe you are a pastor and you have done this thing. He said, why did you do this thing? I said, well, I didn't want to go down to Nyayo and I saw this car next to me and I thought, well, I'll just take that one and borrow it for a few hours and then put it back. No. You do not do that. Don't you? Surely you didn't. Did you read that in the Bible? I said, no. I said, I am very sorry for what I've done. I have done, a, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. He says, you have. And he says, but you're in trouble. So we pulled up to the police station, got out, and then he said, you know, I'm going to let you go. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to get in your car, go back to the other car, uh, take, have someone take you down to Nyayo house, uh, the, where you get the license, buy that, and then come back and report to me. So I said, I will do that. So I went down, and I did that. I came back, and I saw him again. And he says, now don't you feel better? You feel better about this? Why are we trying to do this shortcut here? You know, trying to speed things along, you should have just done it the way you were supposed to. And I said, yes, I was. And uh, I told this story to my class at uh, Central Christian out of Africa. And they said, man, we didn't know a pastor did that. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was, a, it was a lesson, and I'm ashamed of that story. But it was a lesson, and it's, it's something that you and I could easily do. We do it other ways, don't we? we? We take shortcuts. God does not want us to miss out on lessons, important lessons in life and blessings. And when we take the shortcuts, we'll miss out. Maybe the shortcut is not getting the pre proper paperwork done. Uh, and I say this is because I work in Wichita with lots of immigrants. And I go to many jails and I visit immigrants in jail. And uh, some of them have taken shortcuts. Not done everything right with their paperwork. And so the shortcuts have gotten them into trouble. And uh, 
I visit them. I visit them every Thursday. There's two jails that I particularly go to. Uh, one is a county jail further north of us, and then another one that's just to the uh, east of us. And uh, a lot of people are these immigrants that are in jail from Africa. Nobody comes to visit them because they're fearful. Uh, friends of theirs, they're fearful if, there's, if they go and visit them. Uh, no one will, uh, I mean, they, they might get caught uh, if they've done something wrong, or even if they haven't done something wrong, they don't want anybody to check. And so uh, some of these folks, I've visited a, a f- person from Kenya has been in four years and never had one visitor. And the other person has been in two years and never had one. And so I spend time in prayer and talk, talking with them, building a trust, uh, uh, visiting them. And some of the things, uh, you know, some of, one was just picked up uh, at random. Another one was picked up at, uh, because he had done a violation. One had picked up because there was some forgery involved. But anyway, I have a, a wonderful time visiting them and, and trying to encourage them. But they're there mostly because of shortcuts. There's, uh, we, know, we know God's plan. We know that God has uh, brought, uh, I was talking to, talking to them, God has brought you here. He has a plan for you. Uh, and I encourage them to, uh, to be uh, truthful and honest and to uh, be walking close to, close to the Lord. When we take shortcuts, we compromise our integrity. But God uh, forgives us when we mess things up. He picks us up and we learn. Maybe we've, got a, we've uh, uh, taken a shortcut regarding uh, marrying somebody. You know, we wait and wait uh, for a long time. When I was going to college, uh, I kept you know, looking for a wife and never didn't come along. Finally, I told my professor, I said, man, something's wrong. Um, you know, I don't see anybody. God, where, where is this person the Lord has for me? And the professor was saying, you know, just be patient, just be patient. And uh, so then I met Suzanne, and uh, that was neat how that all worked out. But uh, there sometimes we uh, marry, end up marrying somebody uh, because we wanted to speed up things and it hasn't been the right one that God has chosen for us. And so things uh, don't go well. We take the first person that comes along. We don't inquire of the Lord. We decide that that will help us along. And we figure out we made a terrible mistake. God forgives. And we learn. He forgives and we learn. Lots of things that happen in our lives... Uh, God has these lessons uh, for us, uh, and uh, He uh, wants us to uh, learn along the way. Uh, sometimes there uh, would be a lot of maybe suffering that's coming coming our way, and uh, He wants us to go through that to be to be better and to teach us uh, other things. Let me be other things along the way that he wants us to learn and wants us to bless uh, to bless us you may be tempted to take shortcuts
We must trust God's perfect timing. We must be patient and wait on Him. God has lessons for you to learn along the way. I was thinking of, in the New Testament, Jesus was tempted by a shortcut. In Matthew chapter 26, I want to read uh, that to you. We don't often think about this, but in Matthew 26, Thirty-six. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and they began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here, keep watch and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken away from me, taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked? Watch and pray so that you will not be fallen to temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. 42, he went away again a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he found them sleeping. Here we have a temptation that he could have taken a shortcut. If he took the shortcut and decided not to go through all the suffering and to the cross, where would we be? And in 52, he was telling Peter that the men came to arrest him. Jesus, in 50, Jesus replied, Friend, do you uh, do what you came for? Then the men stepped forward and seized Jesus and arrested him. And with that, one of, the Jesus, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out and struck the ear of the high priest and cutting, it, cutting off his ear. 52, put your sword away in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then will the scriptures be fulfilled that says it must happen this way? He did not take a shortcut that was offered. God's plan of salvation was put into place the moment Adam and Eve sinned. There was to be no shortcuts. Christ, the Son of God, would come to earth and live as a man, but he would be God. He would die on the cross. He would suffer. He'd die on the cross for our sins and then rise from the grave. By his dying, our sins Our sin, by his dying for our sin, this made it so God could forgive our sins and give us his eternal life. His shed blood covered our sins. 
and made us right before God. Everything had its place. That was God's, the Father's plan. It was perfect. It was to be no shortcuts. The Lord, the Son of God, had to go through all this to fulfill fulfill Scripture and then make it so that we can be presentable to God when we place our faith and trust in Him. Jesus, God's only Son, would be the Lamb of God that would be sacrificed to take the sins of the world. The sins of the world. So that we would be made right. Offering us life. There in Kansas, I have the opportunity to work with staff of several nursing homes, a couple of nursing homes that are Kenyan staff. One is Kenyan owned. And this one that I'm a hospice chaplain, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful to minister in this way because I have the opportunity to talk with people right away whether they are right with God. And, you know, I don't have to, you know, figure out this way. Part of my job is to go in there and we talk spiritual. What uh, We talk about their life. Their life is coming to an end here on earth. Are they right before God? Do they know the Lord Jesus as their Savior? Do they have the opportunity to... Uh, to, do, do they believe in him? If not, now is the time. And so we get right down to business. We talk about that. Have they uh, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for them? He died on the cross. He, he suffered and bled and died uh, so that we could, we could have life. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should have eternal life, and not perish. And that, that Jesus is the way. John 14.6, for, for uh, Jesus told his, uh, Thomas and his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Except through me. We're glad that the Lord didn't take a shortcut. And that he offers us eternal life. If there's someone today that has not asked the Lord Jesus Christ in their heart, don't wait. Believe today. We don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. And he's prepared us a home, the Lord Jesus. I talk at a number of funerals. Jesus had many friends. All the friends that he talked to as he ministered to his disciples, the one that came, uh, Nicodemus that came at night, the disciples, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he all talked to them about the need that they need, that there was eternal life that he could offer. And not to wait, there was the hope the life that he could offer. And he offers that hope and life to us. He took no shortcuts for us. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time where we can come to you. Thank you that you have not taken any shortcut. You came here to earth as a human to live like us, to know what we were going through. You were tempted like us. And Lord, you went to the cross and you knew that this was the Father's plan. You suffered. You were beaten. You were abused and hit. And you went to the cross and your blood was shed for us and covered our sins. And we place our faith and trust in you. And also, we, you, raised from the, you were raised from the dead. You conquered death so that we could have life. Thank you that you are our resurrection and life. Help us to place our faith before it's too late in you. We know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father, comes to the Father, except through me. We thank you for your great love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.